Today's episode of Joystick and Mouse is brought to you by Secret Lab, the absolute best office and gaming chairs you could possibly hope for. I personally have a Secret Lab chair that I use every single day, and I can safely say that my back and my posture thank me for it. It's top quality engineering and design make this a must-have for any gamer out there who wants to sit comfortably and safely. You can check out the amazing lineup of high-quality gaming chairs and desks by heading over to secretlab.joystickandmouse.com. Again, that's secretlab.joystickandmouse.com. Welcome back to Joystick and Mouse Video Game News and Reviews for all you filthy casuals out there. My name is Alex. I go by Cross in the gaming community. With me, as always, is Diddy. Howdy, folks. And uh, while J-Dimes is off handling all of his scholarly duties back at school, we have Cyrenex with us today. Hello, Cyrenex. Hello, hello, hello. Happy to have you here, my man. Cyrenex is a uh, fellow uh, streamer, podcaster, extraordinaire, part of our star-studded cast here uh, supporting the da- uh, not the Dad Chronicle Joystick and Mouse wrong show. Uh, while I was actually going to say you were recently on the Dad Chronicle, yes, it was, which is where that comment and, was going yeah. on the latest episode of the Dad Chronicle. In fact, if you head over to the dadchronicle.com, you can hear his story of fatherhood. Uh, let's see, Sierra next. How would you introduce yourself to this? Well, I, I, yeah, I definitely appreciate the accolades, but uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I was like, I don't know, maybe you're getting down to the bottom of the list of people and I was somewhere <laughs> right around there. So it just, it was just kind of an inevitability, I guess that eventually I got in here. You're, but, uh... You've been, you're a familiar face on the stream. I mean, you've been uh, hanging out with us in, in yeah. games and stuff. So yeah, you're, you're a patron. So, you know, it's, it's great. It's great to have you. I um, appreciate it. <laughs> and well, why don't we talk about what's coming up on the docket today? Uh, so get your walks out because we are going to stir up a couple of Chinese stories today. I really like that uh, that that bit, Diddy. That was great. Oh come on! That was... We'll that was offer great. that with the side dishes of mashed, no upgrades, and steamed tutorial, and end it all with a big old slice of five G cloud gaming on this episode of Joystick and Mouse. By the way, I want to give Diddy kudos because this was like one of my favorite intros to read that he's ever done. <laughs> anything food related um before we get started i want to remind everybody at home um you can head over to joystickandmouse.com make sure you're subscribed to the the show favorite podcatcher you can find it there um we're also selling merch over at shop.joystickandmouse.com you can get a sweet t-shirt like what diddy is wearing that sweet red t-shirt with the joystick and the controller on it's super cool um but like we like to do in regular joystick and mouse fashion is kind of share a little bit about what we've been up to uh, before we really jump into the news, uh, some of the happenings of what's been going on. And I want to share with you guys, uh, Diddy and Cyrenex, I had an action-packed weekend in Atlantic City, the the most magical place on Earth, um, Atlantic City, New Jersey. That was. I'm not going to go into a whole lot of detail about it because it was a bachelor party. So here's you know. how I know. Here's uh, how I know that Alex had a had a great time in Atlantic City. There were no pictures on Facebook. <laughs> None it was whatsoever. No, no evidence. <laughs> well, let's put it this way. I mean, like you go to you go to some of these casinos. Like you're not allowed to have your phone out. 
Um, well, yeah, there, there's yeah, that. that makes sense. There were no pictures. There was I, nothing. Don't, don't ruin our imagination with your logic. <laughs> yes, no, of course. I mean, <laughs> you guys, I mean, what a crazy weekend. I mean, it, it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, shout out to TurboTweet, who is on stream with us a lot. It was his bachelor party. A year later after his wedding, we never got to go on his bachelor party because mm. of COVID. <laughs> So we did like a yeah. little impromptu. I don't want to say impromptu because there was some planning, but it was, you know, it's tough right now to be able to do something like this for somebody. And uh, we, we pulled it out for him and we were able to um, give him a good time. We ate a, at a nice steakhouse, went gambling, do all the things that you do during a bachelor party. And uh, it was it was a grand old time. Um, I'm exhausted. Uh, and it was, you know, but you know, it was at the same time as New Jersey. So I'm a little itchy after leaving there. I'm just kidding. Shout out to everybody who listens from New Jersey. It was fine. Um, it was, it was fun though. I'm, I'm just tired. I'm just tired. So if I'm a little loopy, yeah. that's as, why. As you should be. Yeah. That's, that means that's you a, did it right. Yeah. You did, Have you guys ever you been to, to Atlantic City? Oh God. Yeah. Nope. Okay. I mean, I wouldn't say, so I, I wouldn't put it high up on a list of places that you'd want to go see your next, but <laughs> I would have um, my mother and and her husband were huge um, patrons of Atlantic City. They loved going there. Absolutely loved it. So I I, I like want to be as gentle as possible, but like why? You like the amble. <laughs> oh, like okay. Amble. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> like the amble. Okay. Okay. Uh, I mean, he it's fine. Owns a place in Atlantic City. Um, so. Um, hard to uh, uh, describe, but so there's an ocean city in Atlantic City, New Jersey. They're actually across the bay from each other. He actually owned a place in um, Ocean City. Mm. Ocean City, New Jersey. So Ocean City, New Jersey, not Ocean City, right. Maryland. So they, so they would go to Ocean City, New Jersey, then drive around to Atlantic City and then go back. And it's only an hour away. Or gotcha. Like that. Yeah. All right cool very cool so that's that's where that's where i was um you know diddy what what's all this talk about cherry pie what is this so okay a couple of stories from 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 this trip my wife and i were bored so we decided to drive up to have it a grace which is up near philadelphia in maryland um almost at the maryland there's a spot up there where maryland delaware and and uh, pennsylvania all come together yep there's a little town on this coast called Habit Grace, and it's sort of like, you know, a little quaint, little little touristy place. Um, and so we went up to go to this place called Joe Retro. Joe Retro. And it's like an old antique shop that's got, you know, weird, crazy stuff from from back in the, the 50s and 60s. Um, and it's just J-O Retro. Um, I found it. Yep, it's really cool. Um, so I'm, you know, walking around this place looking, and there's a coat rack sitting there, and the coat rack's got coats hanging on it. You know, old timey, some you know, you know, some uh, tuxedo type coats, and behind it is this print. It's a, it's just a picture in a frame, and I'm like, oh, that looks interesting. I like pull the coats away, and it's like. The original cover from Dungeons and Dragons. What? And it's Dude. signed by Tim Hildebrand. And I'm like, you have got 
to be fucking kidding me. No way. You Dude. Uh, seriously? So, yeah, everybody knows the picture of the dragon and it's blowing the fire yeah. down and two silhouettes are in the foreground. That picture signed and framed by Tim Hildebrandt. I found it this weekend. So I'm, I'm like, I'm ecstatic. I'm like, this is going home with me. I've got this. This is <laughs> this is great. We go out, we have, we have some lunch and, and lunch was meh. Okay. Um, but then we walk down the street and we're looking at a couple more shops and then we come to a bakery. And we walk in the bakery and they've got pies and and all that, you know, all the normal bakeries, the donuts and cookies and all that kind of stuff. And I moved to Northern Virginia about 30 years ago, and I have been looking for pie that tastes even close to what my grandmother makes. This pie is as close as I've ever come. Dude, how special. That's it's cool. Nice. Freaking amazing cherry pie it was it's absolutely amazing the crust is flaky and and thick and just perfect I, I it's a long drive from here um but it was really worth it and i may go back just for the pie because it was really good <laughs> that's cool man but, uh, but yeah, yeah we had a great time um nice quaint little town there's a nice little brewery up there um and stuff so yeah if you get out looking for something to do on a Sunday, travel on up to have it a grace and in Maryland, uh, check out the place, check out Joe retro. Love really that. cool place. Yeah. See your next, where are you located again? Uh, I'm up in Michigan. Ah, right. So you're going to be, that's a bit of a drive for you, but for Diddy, I mean, yeah, this is a little bit. <laughs> that's all right. Yeah. You know, they're, uh, I don't want to give you too much crap as an Ohio state fan, but that's all right. That's oh, all right. Oh, Oh my God. Penn state. Jesus. They're, <laughs> I don't know what it is. What people know? I'm a Penn State fan. Uh, Alex is an Ohio State fan, and we have this thing going pretty much every every football season. But I don't know what it is about Penn State. If it, it they go out of their way to see how difficult they can make any game in every year, every game. It doesn't I think matter. they go out of their way to frustrate you more than anything. I don't know what it is, but it's like. Oh, what's the worst possible thing that we could do right now to make this game close? <laughs> Let's do that. Yeah, yeah they'll yeah, fumble yeah. on our own five. Yeah, okay, we'll do that. There we go. They totally did it on purpose, too. Absolutely. Oh, my God. Just because of you. Yeah. Just to make sure. Ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, a, I'm a Michigan fan for, like, the most superficial reasons possible. I, just, I like their colors. Just Other the... than that, I have, I have no, I have nothing to do with any sports, really. Yeah, just the blue and the pea color. I get it. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> and Patreon canceled. <laughs> I love it. The old uh, Big Ten contingent here, right? That's right. That's yeah, right. I like covered. that. I like that. We'll have to give each other some crap this season. Yeah. I like that. Enjoy it. Um, so as we talk about on, you know, in the in the studio here, uh, the Dad Chronicle is always something that comes up. Um, uh, but in this case, we're going to rebrand it for just a moment to the Husband Chronicle yeah. because... Uh, you've got a thing to talk about here next. What you got? Yeah. Oh, uh, I I personally despise just about any kind of yard work. <laughs> I you know I we have we hire one of my friends to mow our lawn so that I don't have to, and plus our garage is still full of stuff from when we moved like eight months ago, and I can't get the the lawnmower out anyway. 
but my wife is the exact opposite she loves gardening she you know granted she's she tries to do as much as she can uh but she can only do so much uh so the rest of it comes to me and like today i just i'm going to admit it i was really angry today <laughs> i she had i had to uh lay down like i think four bags of mulch on one side spread that out go up to the other side of our house where my wife set up this garden that we we did like last month and she wanted me to put up these two hooks on the wall now i don't have like any like decent equipment i have like a drill a a, like one decent drill bit that'll cut through get through concrete and uh like a couple of cheap anchors i've got at home depot it took me probably about an hour to and i think about five different holes in the wall to get one of the two hooks up and i had to go <laughs> in the midst of that i also had to make another trip to home depot to get another anchor because i bent one of them oh god tried of to put course. the other hook in of course you did yeah, Ugh. tried to put the other hook in. The hole was too big, so the anchor wouldn't work. <laughs> so, and I ended up as it was just this whole debacle, and I, I got just livid at the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I I threw one of the hooks down on the ground, accidentally hit myself in the shin. I got a cut <laughs> on my shin now because of that. Uh, and then after that, it's like finally calmed down enough. And then she, I had to go and we have these three trees in our backyard that my wife's been chipping away at and trying to clear off dead branches and stuff like that. And again, she needed my help. So I went over there, started cutting down some of these branches, got two of them down. One of them was pretty big, you know, probably a good like three, four inches in diameter. Uh -huh. I'm, and all I have is a handsaw. So I'm trying to crank away at this oh, thing man. and oh, it's just, wow. it's like hitting a branch behind it. It's not, it's like bending the saw sure. and everything. Of course. So yeah. again, slightly more productive use of my anger. I, I hope went into the garage, got my hand ax and literally just wailed on this branch. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> to the point got a good workout, like, I'm sure. Yeah. I was out of breath by the time I got about halfway through the, the branch just from hacking it with Dude, the ax. That's, that's great. Oh. That's and great. it's like afterwards, like, okay, <laughs> a breath, a little bit more calm though. I love it. Yeah, you're uh, nice and worn out. To take out your anger. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no yeah. job is complete without the trip to to uh, the hardware store for oh, yeah. whatever it else is that oh, you dude. broke. Yeah. Man, we. For, oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Finish. We, I was, we, I was um, save. Our nest Sorry. disconnected this weekend, and I was trying to get it reconnected. Uh, that turned into a two-hour job ripping the doorbell off of oh. the off of the oh. front. A trip to Home Depot or trip to Lowe's um, to get um, to get bell wire. If you know what bell wire is, it's the solid stuff that's in your doorbell, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, to get bell wire because I needed a six-inch piece to tie into the one that was too short to actually connect to the nest again anymore. Let me um, guess. You had to buy I, like at least. I had to buy a hundred foot roll. A one hundred foot roll? Oh, that's a lot worse than I was expecting. I mean, it's bell wire. It's not very big. No, I got you. But still, a hundred foot roll, which was like six bucks. It's not okay. okay. All right, it costs anything, but you know, but it's the whole point of. I was yes, waiting now for I have to be like bell wire. I just dropped a hundred dollars on this six inches that I just needed to connect this thing. 
Because that's totally oh, something that would ha happen to oh, you. And then, you in, and then I had to, to, and then there's not enough. And don't get me started about Nest and their ridiculousness, but um, there's not, there's no room behind the doorbell. So you've got like this little cavity to put the wires in and the connectors and everything else. Just to ser seriously, the <laughs> reconnecting my Nest doorbell took two and a half hours <laughs> because I had to. Two pigtails, go to Lowe's, and oh. <laughs> that's funny, man. We yeah, ended up, um, we built. Well, it's brutal. We had a shed built in in our backyard. My dad and I just spent a bunch of time just clearing out the garage and putting stuff back there in the shed, and it's all much more clean. But Sirenex, I'm like you. I'm not a huge fan of like doing yard work in general. Yeah, but I'll tell you what. While I hated the process of doing it, the after effect of like feeling that gratification, like oh man. It's, it's like done. Like this, this mess yeah. is done. And I, and that was satisfying in a way that I did not anticipate, but I'll tell you what, it sucked getting there. There, there's a reason yeah. I own a townhouse. <laughs> there's yeah. absolutely a reason. Yeah. I never really get to that point. My wife does, but I don't, I just, I just don't like the whole process, yeah. but I do it because I love my wife. As, so as we as husbands that's, do. Yeah. That's yeah, and that's that's the the key point of this husband husband chronicles is I do it because you love your wife. Yeah, do it, just do it. Whatever she asks. Audie in chat, uh, how you doing, Audie? He says, I hate how often I'm having to cut our grass lately. Yeah, same here, man. It's it's freaking raining all the time, <laughs> and it's uh, yeah, we live on well, yeah, maybe half an takes, acre, and it's just outrageous. It takes no time to cut the six by eight plot out front. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> it takes me a solid. <laughs> hour and a half to do our lawn, oh at easily least, at least because you know cleaning up and bagging and all that crap Ugh. anyway anyway um well you're a good husband sirenex as you know on the dad chronicle if you've listened to I the tried. latest episode uh he does he does a damn good job he does a damn good job i try uh you know you know who else isn't doing a good job though china we're going to talk about that <laughs> on the news right now it's time for the Friends, last week we told you about China's new law limiting minors to three hours per week of gaming. But does that have unintended ramifications? Better yet, will it help at all? This article gives another perspective on this new law and what it means for the Chinese gaming industry. This is a really good find, so kudos to Diddy on finding this uh, this article. I thought it was really interesting. China's game video game uh, laws risk being a turnoff for the next generation. This is something that is you know, when you think about what it's going to do to this upcoming generation of gamers, uh, it, it's kind of self-explanatory, right? Like if if you think about everything that we uh, experienced growing up playing video games, which is something that we've talked a lot about on this show, that had a lot of positive impacts. We talk about how it um, helped us with our hand-eye coordination, the socialization, yeah. all the positive aspects that gaming brings. But, you know, the Chinese government is seeing it as something maybe a little bit different and and some of the negative ramifications. And this is capturing some of the some of the thoughts behind some of the let's say the youth of of China and, and some of the, the decisions that they're making. Um, you know, somebody in uh, one of the individuals that they ta they talk to says, um, you know, it, it allows me to relax talking about gaming uh, that he started playing video games when he was 16. You know, playing games is a way to socialize with old friends, just as I said. And it is very 
and it is very pleasant time for me, which is, you know, rough translation, so, uh, to be alone when I do not feel like going out. Um, and, you know, they do mention one thing about his partner does not approve, but he spends around $31 a month on in-game purchases um, on one of the games that they're playing. Uh, the, the, um, so this was an interesting article. We'll jump into a little bit more. Um, but first I want to get kind of a quick hot take from, from Sirenex having, uh, you know, having some familiarity with this story. I'm sure you're hearing it on the show and yeah. then some others. What was some of your thoughts in general around China's decision to do this? Uh, I'll, I don't know. It's just, it seems crazy to me because it just i grew up you know obviously grew up here not in china but having only three hours a, a week to play games i just it wouldn't even matter to me then i would probably would have done something something else mm -hmm. i mean it's that's actually one of the things i think it says in here uh comparing it to sports yeah if you pick up a sport at 10 or 12 then you're more likely to keep playing it during your life if you're allowed only to play for three hours many will choose not to play so their lifetime value goes down significantly it's like yeah it's a huge <laughs> it just risk. seems it yeah oh yeah. um, and ahead. plus yeah plus oh uh, china in general is a huge huge gaming market huge dude and, huge yeah it's like people like several companies basically gutting all their their policies in order to bow down to you know, Chinese rule in order to be able to sell their games in the in the country because it's just worth that much money. And yep. by vastly reducing the amount of time people are, well, at least minors are able to play, that that's billions, if not trillions of dollars, I imagine. Well, yeah, and especially like one of the things that they talk about is how gaming peaks in, you know, kind of early childhood where that's where people really get the feel for gaming and, and the desire to game, they don't necessarily pick it up later in life. Um, yeah. I think about somebody like Deanna. She never really got into video games when she was younger. She still doesn't play, you know, today. Um, but, you know, I do involve her in some of the games. Like if you watch any of the stuff that I put up on YouTube, she's been in some of that. Um, yeah. There's some of that that can happen, but that's usually intervention. And, and, it's, and it's a shame to keep people from experiencing the full value at that age um you know th that and what good that can kind of do for them as they jump into life diddy what are your what are your thoughts on this article yeah so when i ran across this article i thought it, it, i started thinking about it it's like you know when did i get into gaming and you know i was a teenager yeah. i was a, you know probably a sophomore in high school um yes it was pong and space invaders but you know still that's when i got into gaming i think this article makes a really good point of if they limit or basically abolish gaming for minors yeah they're going to lose those people when they get older because yeah. they won't game people don't pick this up not very many people pick this up later in life you yeah. really don't this grabs you when you're young you know and you and you um you know when you you garner that love and that nostalgia for those games that you started with i i find and actually this got me sort of thinking about something else we talked about was that 
uh, was Nintendo. Nintendo's having a tough time right now grabbing the younger market. The younger market is playing Fortnite. You know, they're playing those hooligans and their Fortnite. Yeah, damn hooligans. And, you know, they're having a They say tough I'm a grumpy old man. Sorry, cut. <laughs> that was for both of us, by time picking that, you know, picking up that young market right now. Um, yeah, I've, they are. I saw those stats, you know, I, I don't know what it was, but their, their main demographic is like 20, 23 to 35. You know, it's not the young kids. They're going, they're going to have a tough time a couple of years down the line. They are. And I think China is sort of doing the same thing here. They're sort of shooting themselves in the foot because, you know, yes, there's a lot of people. There's still going to be a lot of money, but there's not going to be the money that they could have if they let this be a little bit more less restrictive. It's very, it's very short-sighted. Yeah. Three it, hours. Not only is it only three hours a week, it's an hour a day. I can't right. even get it. I can't even get logged in and situated in an hour. <laughs> yeah, me doing character Dude. creation for a game usually takes more than an hour. Easily. <laughs> I love that process, and and I love seeing the character in the world. Like, if you're gonna limit me like that, so so this is this is kind of the other side of it. So we talked about some of the unintentional, well, yeah, the unintentional. Let's say unintentional side effects of of this policy you know, affecting uh, the recruitment of the youth to play video games. Let's just use that term. Why not? And but there's pretty, also this appropriate. Yeah, there really is. So. But but also the economic piece of this, because there is uh, to go back to something that you talked about here next. There is sort of this like this lifetime playability of games and stuff. I think that the video game market relies on younger audiences to play video games early and often and then into and throughout adulthood look yeah, at me absolutely. and i think you siren x and and diddy because you know diddy's 800 years old that it was you know like it, he started playing when he was a teenager look how much money he's been spending on video games over his ancient lifetime right diddy yeah oh, uh, oh my god and mr ron <laughs> yeah. b in chat who says space invaders and centipede was my first real gaming experience too diddy yeah old. absolutely and yeah, and I can see I can see both sides of it are in my family. Like I I grew up being a gamer, and I still game. I try to I try to game as you know whenever I can, which is usually when my kids go to bed. I'll, but my wife, her family never played games. They didn't even do board games most of the time. So like I remember when we were still dating, I took her to my friend's place and we for a game of Clue. She literally had no idea what to do for playing Clue. Which I think is like one of the most basic board games you could potentially get. Right. Mm -hmm. And my dad was the same way. He he grew up. Uh, I don't even remember. I'm trying to. I'm horrible with remembering my parents' ages, so I apologize. That's all but, right. <laughs> but uh, you know, he. I think he just turned sixty. Uh, so he went through his high school, like didn't have really access to games or anything like that. And then went to the military after that and then had a family early and everything like that. So he never really got into games. And even now, he still doesn't get into games. Like, even the, some of the board games I try to, to play with him, he doesn't really get into. Yeah. So I can I can see where, you know, starting him early, it you know, it's kind of a basic, like, like you were saying, like a recruitment is actually mm -hmm. a pretty appropriate term. It functions Absolutely. the same way. Yeah. 
and there's something to be said about you know like let's not lose sight on on the reason why they're doing some of this and it's to kind of keep the you know kids from um like spending unnecessary time and money on things that could be detrimental to their health. I think that there is, um, there is certainly a problem with doing too much of anything. And that could be gaming. It could be, uh, really anything drinking. Um, <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. really, you could say anything. Um, mo moderation is key. And I think that, that when you're young and you start playing video games, it's also an opportunity to learn how to exercise moderation uh that's yeah. that's one argument so but but that was one thing that they were concerned about they being the chinese government another thing is spending a lot of money and that kids these days are finding ways to circumvent the system where they can use their parents credit cards for in-game purchases uh and to that i say parents do better yeah <laughs> i mean great. that's really what comes down to parents uh so so i think that this is not necessarily the solution for the problem we need to allow these kids to to embrace the good things that gaming has and that includes the socialization uh where you know this article talks about some of the ways that that they enjoy socializing with their classmates and um you know experiencing challenges challenges and puzzles together and, and so on so uh this will be in the show notes uh it was a very interesting perspective to talk about the ramifications of what it means for the for the youth in china with this law in place and also the economical pieces both here and in the future and what kind of that would uh that that would mean um so very very interesting um and, and diddy there's another piece that kind of adds into some of that do you want to talk about the next article yeah so so because china's you know china's in the news now with this with this crackdown and, and this new law it got me thinking though about what what should or could the western countries usa you know north america south america um uh south america uh what could they could they do something similar to help curtail the amount of time that kids spend online playing games because while i while i understand while I think, you know, three hours a week is is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, forty hours a week is absolute is ridiculous too. You shouldn't yeah. spend forty hours a week playing video games when you're fifteen. You should be out doing something else. Right. Um. So, it got me thinking: what could Western companies do to maybe use some of these technologies to implement something like this? Um, I found this article. I don't even remember where it was. Oh, The Guardian. The Guardian's a great online news site if you need, if you ever go um, use and need a place to just go look up news and and things. They've got great articles. Right. Um, but this would be a real tool for parents. Now, I think you should parent anyways. You, until yeah. your kids leave the house their stuff goes through you. Yeah. I've told my kids from from the time they could understand, you have no no privacy as long as you live in this house. Yeah. There, there's no such thing as privacy. You you know, you're you're under surveillance. <laughs> so, so, you know, I, 
Yeah, yes, which is fair. Their, yes, yeah. you give them their space. You let them have their times. You even let them get away with shit sometimes. But, you know, you, you got to pick your... It's just like, you know, which hill do you want to die on? You you got to pick your battles, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So I mean, there, there's all that yeah. give and take in it. But still, you you have no no perception of, of um, privacy. I, I am allowed to come into your room anytime I want. Um, yep. For any reason, yep. whether I do or not. <laughs> right. So, yep. Agreed. you know, but having yeah, that's said how that, I was raised. Having too. said that, all right, you should monitor your kids' online activity. They should not be allowed to have private accounts. They should not be allowed to have a phone that you can't get into. These are, these are just basic things because I, I know Alex lives in the same neighborhood I do. There were some awful stories this week of things that happened in our in the schools with young kids this week there were terrible stories um about you know some stuff that went on here uh in our neighborhood so and that was really close to home so you should monitor your kids you should know what they are doing but it would be nice if they had some tools and if the parents could draw, fall back on and say, well, you know, I'm only allowed to let you play 30 hours a week. That might be helpful for parents, you know, because it's always a negotiation. I want to go to Billy's, but well, did you clean your room? You right. know, it's it, there's always a negotiation there with, with yeah. your with your children when they get old enough to to have their own opinions, which is sometimes three. <laughs> yeah and well i think that it also comes down like i think that they should gaming companies should also think about how they do better to actually like enable parents to be aware of parental controls how do they educate parents on what parental controls are out there and then how parents can leverage that and also like if parents don't necessarily know hey what's the recommended playtime? You know, based on this game, the genre, what's healthy for the kid, etc., based on their age, like there should be more widely available information that par where parents can help be, can be educated to make that decision for themselves on how best to parent their kids. Uh, because agreed, I think that thirty, even thirty hours of gaming a week is a lot <laughs> for for 30, a kid. Thirty is a lot, but if you if you think about it, okay, you can spend six hours a day on the weekends you know that's 12 that gives you a couple of hours in the evenings at night it's yeah. still a lot of time yeah yeah it's a 30 lot. hours is a lot of time a week but for a kid that's going to school let's to play you video know games. and let's put it in perspective for parents right like let's give them the information that they need to make the right decision on what you know what are studies saying from reputable sources not the sources that are saying that violence is you know, violence in video games or have some kind of correlation. Like, let's give them really credible modern resources that they can use to to, to make decisions for themselves and, and know how to parent their kids around this. Because I think there are some parents out there uh, who may not know some of this, right? And yeah. see your next one. Well, no, like, yeah, I, you have to make it I, easy too, right? Right, yeah. That I think that's going to be the problem though is i i completely agree with you people the parents need to be educated on what's healthy for their kids uh what is feasible you know, and such like that the problem is i think the bulk of the 
the legwork has to be on the parents because I severely doubt video game companies are going to directly give us information on how to reduce their revenue. Yeah, fair. <laughs> because yeah, fair. I mean, I mean that might be a little bit cynical, but video game companies are still companies. They're still trying to make money, and unfortunately, one of the best ways to make money is to attract people who are not developed well enough to distinguish you know what they're doing yeah so and i can understand to some but we do have like ex, we have organizations outside of the gaming industry that have regulations and stuff like that um it ha, it ha, would have to be some entity outside of the gaming industry bingo that we would be, we would have to get our information from totally uh not necessarily something governmental because they can in the past the governments have in general have just kind of swung a little too far sometimes okay. but i mean but we have we have organizations that could function in that way right of having this information mm -hmm. for that par parents can have access to but yeah i think it agreed it, it comes right back down to the parents have yeah. parents be empowered and make the right call for their kid I mean, and yeah, be, you make the responsible call for their kid. Yeah, I mean, know? that's that's even what my parents did when I was growing up. The the first M rated video game that I ever played was when I was 17. And that was because my parents said, no, you're not you're not playing an M rated video game until you're old enough to understand what's going on. And looking back at it now, I only I think the only reason that game was even rated M, I think it was a uh, geez, Zone of the Ender's second runner for PS2. Ooh. Oh, uh, the only reason that, that uh, yeah, it's, it was, it was okay. I liked it, but anyway, uh, <laughs> the, I think the only reason that game was even rated M was because there was one scene where there was one of the characters was shot in space and, uh, there was blood floating in the hallway. They're like in a space station. There's zero gravity. So there's just kind of blood drops mm -hmm. flying in the, in and that was it. Like everything else was like destroying robots. Yeah. But yeah, I'm just looking at it. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, but even so, it's like my parents took the time to look at what the ratings meant, uh, even going so far as to it's like, OK, why is this game rated M? Why is it rated teen? You know, stuff like that. And like I said, they wouldn't they wouldn't let me play an M rated game until I was 17. Yeah. And then I I went to a midnight opening for, I believe, Gears of War 2. Which is definitely deserves its M rating. Oh yeah, and and there was a dad and his nine year old son in line behind me, and I all I could do was just stand there and shake my head. It's like, yeah, no, uh, that's a pretty violent game for a nine year old. It's a very yeah. violent game for a nine year old, yeah. especially like it's... the way they talk, everything about that game. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I my kids, I guess the the most violent game my kids were allowed to play was Halo. They were only allowed to play Halo in... Actually, is there any blood in Halo? There's, oh. like, purple alien blood. Yeah, yeah purple alien blood. It. On the, yeah, but uh, it if it was really the original bad. Halo, it's all pixelated. Yeah. You know, it's kind of so, old-looking now anyway. Yeah, so I, that's probably the the most violent game they were allowed to play. Yeah, and there's, I don't it. think there's any swearing in it either. Not until they I, were later. Yeah. Now, at 16... My youngest son got into Call of Duty pretty heavily, but yeah. 
even then we had to you know put clamps on hey that language is not allowed right you yeah know. i got a lot of those talks too when i was younger because i was playing call of duty and um what else i mean i remember playing doom when i was like five. i have no idea what was going on i just yeah, if you're just gonna sit and yell obscenities into the mic you know maybe we shouldn't play yeah. this yeah there was yeah. there were i know i was never much of like a rager when it came to like screaming at people on the <laughs> on the internet um but yeah i, I most of the time just turned chat off yeah it's just pain in the ass like <laughs> i was uh I definitely had the, my parents had those conversations because they were invested in what I was doing and they they were um, also invested in allowing me to experience gaming and that was something that I'm still grateful for today and they loved feeling that that passion and, and love for what I was doing and the social experiences that I was having there I think they were like a little ahead of the game in some of those methods but they were also very very involved in like knowing okay what's the game you're playing this is how you should really conceptualize to see your nexus point like that game looks pretty gruesome like no you're not going to play that one yet and yeah. uh there were there were some of those conversations and and they were totally empowered to make those decisions and to this day i think that 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 was that was a great way to do it it's a great way to do it um friends at home if you would like to chime in on this whole conversation you can email joystick and mouse at gmail.com i want us to move on to another topic around sony um while the honeymoon is over for folks that are holding off on getting that ps5 and are still triple uh and are still buying triple a titles for their ps4 sony announced this week that horizon forbidden west will be their last game that gives free up upgrades to the new console version so moving forward, what's going to happen is that Sony is going to charge you a $10 upgrade fee uh, on the digital copies of future PlayStation exclusives. So that means that if you bought that game on your PS4 and you want to play it on your PS5, you're going to have to play You have to pay $10. Um, at first, they talked about how they weren't going to do this and that no matter what, you know, it would be playable cross platform. It doesn't matter. But they're kind of moving back on that. They're saying that this will apply to next gen, um, to the next God of War and Gran Turismo 7, and any other exclusive cross gen PS4 and PS5 title published by Sony Interactive Entertainment. And that's where this is really important. This is applicable to those titles, right? Uh, this is only for those cross gen first party games like God of War uh, and, you know, a new Uncharted. Third party titles like Call of Duty, Grand Theft Auto, and Fall Guys aren't affected by this change. Publishers can choose how they handle that moving forward. Um, frankly, I think this makes a lot of business sense. And especially because the, the titles are generally $10 more <laughs> on a PS5 versus a PS4. Um, yeah. You're just, just paying the difference, basically. You know, I'm okay with this. I'm all right with it. I'm all right. It doesn't it. affect me at all. <laughs> do you, it, it do you have any? Me, do you have any aspirations to get a new uh, console, Sirenex? I don't have. Honestly, the only console that I wanted was a Switch, and that's because yeah. it's like almost. I have no, no inkling to get either a an Xbox or a PS5 because most of those games are going to be playable on my computer. Yeah. I'd rather, I'd rather just try to put. You know, hopefully in the next you know decade or so, be able to get like a thirty sixty or something. Yeah. Well, good luck on that. Yeah, I, I got yeah. <laughs> well, you're gonna have a new uh, a new player here pretty soon. Yeah. 
Yeah. You'll be able to buy an Intel graphics card. Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah. Intel's got their I, graphics I, cards yeah. coming, too. Uh, yeah, just looking for something. Well, okay. You'll, you'll get the dream about buying an Intel graphics card soon. <laughs> yeah. And, else. <laughs> yeah, hopefully within, the, like I said, the next decade or so, I'll be able to upgrade my card. Um, yeah. I, I do think that this is okay for everybody um, who... Yeah. who who is kind of reading this article at home. If you guys have any thoughts um, or, or like any other perspectives, like let me know, J just uh, email joystickmouse at gmail.com. One thing to talk about, Microsoft continues to allow folks to freely move their games from various platforms. You can buy Forza on Xbox One, for instance, and then play it on Xbox Series X, and then play it on your PC. You don't have to pay anything extra to do that. Um, I think that that's money that you leave on the table. To be quite honest, I I'm not complaining, right? But like, I think that that's a nice to have, and I still think that that's what's going to keep, uh, that's what's going to keep uh, a company like Microsoft kind of at the forefront of the gaming market when it comes to some of this stuff and their forward thinking. And Sony's still lagging behind a little bit, but I, I see that as a nice to have, not a must have as a gamer. Um, I I think that paying a little extra to be able to play it on a next-gen console is is okay at like a ten dollar tag if it was buying the game yeah. altogether again that's where i have the issue yeah i mean I, yeah i i agree and i the thought grand the ten dollars was yeah. pretty reasonable yeah i i thought that yeah. was that was definitely reasonable at set a price point where that's good enough um and honestly the ps5 has been out for a year right almost a year you know yeah it, it it if you're still well yes sort of they're hard to come by still but you know if it it, it you want to upgrade you should upgrade yeah it, it's you know yeah. it's been out I long mean, enough to that this is okay yeah i like even going from like a ps3 to a ps4 did they even offer anything like this like some no. kind of next gen upgrade no, and no why would nothing. this generation be any different exactly I, I, I was mean, surprised they did this to begin with. So yeah, yeah, I mean, I the fact that they're even offering the opportunity to upgrade a game you own for an extra $10, I think, in the grand schemes of things, is awesome. Uh, again, for me, it, it doesn't matter because I don't have any of those consoles. <laughs> Last console I had was a <laughs> Xbox 360, uh, and that was like a decade ago. But, but yeah, like, coming from someone who doesn't have a console already, hasn't been getting them generation to generation this would be awesome it's yeah. like i could get you know it doesn't really matter which version i get oh uh, well actually doesn't really matter in general because i would just get the latest version oh uh, but oh uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> i don't know how valid my opinion is considering i don't really care about no, I, a PS5. I mean, hey you're you're a gamer and a consumer <laughs> right i think that that your perspective is absolutely valid um i want us to shift to the next conversation here that Cyrenex has queued up. Cyrenex, you want right. to take us through it? Absolutely. Now, every game starts with them. We've all seen them. We hate a lot of them. Yes, of course, we're talking about tutorials. Sometimes they're done well and sometimes not so much. So what do you think of them? What do we think of them? Are, they, are there any that we remember being really bad or really good? Uh, one of the reasons why I wanted to pick this article in particular is because I'm the rules guy for just about every game I play. Oh, uh, I, I am the kind of person who wants to know everything about a game before I sit down and really start playing it. Whether it's board game, D&D, &D, 
video games. So I actually don't really mind tutorials personally, because to me, it's just the entry point of getting in the game, getting the, uh, the mechanics down and enjoying it without having to think about it. Uh, the article that we have here from Wired uh, goes into that, uh, this concept uh, pronounced, uh, I believe it's Dazin or Dazin. Mm -hmm. uh, which is trans it's German translated into being there and in the article they talk about this concept of thinking about the action of something rather than the objects so like the way they describe it is you want to hammer a nail into a wall the concept of Dazin of being there is not thinking about the hammer or the nail but the action of hammering that is what a tutorial in a game is supposed to get you to do is to not think about the mechanics, not to think about the game itself or whatnot, but to just be in the moment and just be immersed in the game. Agreed. Uh, and I do think there are some that do it well. I do think some that don't do it necessarily as well, but I'm also, again, the kind of person that appreciates a, tut a tutorial in just about any form. One of the things, one of the ones that I think kind of does it not so well is... Uh, actually, Cyberpunk. Uh, you before you go into your first apartment with Jackie to save the one of the girls or whatever, he gives you this this shard and says, "Hey, this is you know a, tra to, a training program. You want to try it and everything." And to me, the reason why that one doesn't isn't as good is because it completely draws you out of the game into a separate zone, completely simulated world. You're just somewhere completely else. Yeah, it doesn't mm -hmm. it doesn't have any narrative to it. It doesn't flow well. It's just completely separate. Like I said, I still appreciate it because I, I appreciate understanding what the mechanics are, but it's just doesn't really fit well. Yeah, you know, that um, that's a really good ex example, because good point. when I when I think about what to like what a good tutorial is, it's it's the marrying of three things. It's when intuition meets the control themselves meets necessity right like those three things kind of comprise a solid tutorial experience because there's nothing worse than first of all going into a tutorial where you're like oh this is obviously a tutorial yeah right like what you're I mean, talking about with yeah, jack yeah that is that is a huge like turn off for me as well like from a tutorial perspective but the other thing is that when it comes up even too early so i think that where games do a really good job of this is when they start teaching you some of the some of the mechanics and the things at a point where it's necessary i think that certain games yeah. do that really well so so like uh a game that does it terribly phasmophobia terrible tutorial i tell everybody who plays it with us don't play don't play the tutorial skip it i will yeah. teach you because the worst thing is is that you, they're like go in there and do all this stuff and and like take this and this and this but they don't really give you good explanation nor do, do they make it applicable at the time of when you need a, to use that ghost yeah. hunting tool yeah because so, i don't even i think in the tutorial they don't even have the ghost hunt you at all yeah i think it's i, I yeah. don't so i got about halfway through and i was like screw this and and i was playing with uh, another a viewer on stream who was like, yeah, I'll play with you. And this is like when I first started the game. And I was like, oh, dude, you showing me this was 10 times easier, right? Because yeah. 
they were helping me understand it in the moment at the time where I needed to know, don't go make a noise because the ghost is hunting you. Yeah. You know? So. And I, I think that's another point towards uh, a good tutorial is not just telling you what the mechanics are, but why they're relevant. Oh, uh, like one that I can think of that I think did it, it did it better because they were able to incorporate this mission into the narrative as well and give you step by step like, okay, this is what you do. This is why you do it. Do it. Do it. Uh, <laughs> uh, is uh, Gears Tactics. Uh, oh, such a it's good a, game. Yeah. Yeah. It's another one that I've played where the first, the tutorial mission is part of the narrative. It's, you know, introduces you to the characters until it introduces you, you to the mechanics one by one and tells you, okay, this is what this does. This is what these numbers mean. This is how you can improve it. This is how, you know, cover makes a factor, you know, stuff like that. And I think that's, I'm not going to say it's a perfect tutorial, but I think that's more in the line of what a good tutorial should do. Totally. Is ingrate into the narrative and tell you why the mechanics are important. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. Diddy, what are your thoughts? Yep. So, okay. Dear game makers, I know how to move the keyboard <laughs> i swear to god if you show me uh awsdf or a awsd again i'm going to throw things stop it we know how to move with the keyboard we know that clicking the mouse fires we know but if you want put a put something on it that says i'm an experienced gamer i know how to do the basic yeah All right. right so one of the worst tutorials, and I put this in here because I've been playing Final Fantasy XIV lately. It has got to be the most god-awful worst tutorial system you've ever seen Agreed. in your life. Yeah. It's horrendous. Um, one of the best tutorial systems I've ever seen was in Star Wars. Uh, the... The Old Republic? No, the one we just played. The, the campaign one. Oh, Fallen Order? Oh, well, yeah. Fallen Order, yeah, the one, the one yeah. where you play as, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah the fantastic Jedi. system. Okay, you're coming up against this guy. You've got a new power. Here's how you use it. Yeah, exactly. Necessity. Yeah, like it's and then timely. and then you're using it right in that fight. It, it it was perfect. The fights were tailored towards that. You know, using that ability. Beautiful system. God of War is another one. Does a great job of That's using tutorials. Immediately, what I thought of. By the way, you're coming up against this boss, you're gonna fight this boss. Yep. Here's the here's the mechanic that makes the boss fight easier. Yeah. Here it is. Use it. Okay, now you've learned that one. Good. We're going on. God of War is one of the better ones. MMOs for some reason do just <laughs> a lot of them just do horrendous jobs with tutorials. World of Warcraft is just awful. Just it's gotten better with that new island. It's gotten better because yeah. it's one island that you go to. to to do it but it's still bad it's but i think that's not that's a big problem for mmos specifically i'm glad that you brought this up because i, I agree about final fantasy 14 being probably the worst tutorial because well their ui sucks in general but yeah, i love i love the game the game's great but uh, the that's that's a huge gripe of mine but um one thing that that tends to be an issue with mmos is that because it is such an open free world you end up not having the benefit of experiencing, you know, kind of those timely, like, this is when I know I need to do this thing. 
where you look at games like Bethesda games are a great example of something that works really well in open world, um, where you end up in, let's take Fallout 4. You're walking around your house at first. You're interacting with certain objects. You're talking to your kid. You're talking to your wife or husband, depending on the role you're playing. And then, you know, you, you learn to run to the nuclear shelter and then you end up going down in the thing and all those movement experiences are coming up and then you slowly start learning combat when it's ne when it's necessary and jives with the story with a game like world of warcraft with the way it was before this the the intro island bit you jumped right into shit like it was like yeah. here here is this huge complex ui with what used to be when you started out like maybe a four or five different skills that you could use and it was super confusing um, and you didn't really know where to start. What, like, how do I know where to go? Like, oh, I just started exploring, and that's really a turnoff for a lot of people, you know? Yeah, because really, the only instructions you get are go kill the boars, right? That's it. Yep. That, there's no, here's your abilities, here's what you might want to do with them. There's no difference between playing a hunter or playing a, um, you know, a warrior. Go kill the boars. Right. Yeah. They, they do a good job and, of that in this new island because you end up on that boat at the very beginning and they're like, okay, you are a paladin. Here, use this ability to do this. Oh, they're casting a spell. Get ready to use this. This is why you would use that. Like, it's gotten better. And, and Audie brings up a really good point in chat. Just thinking about Halo Infinite having a shooting range to play with the weapons, not in campaign, not multiplayer. I wish every shooter did that. Having a even a designated yeah. like practice zone is a great opportunity for tutorial. Yeah. And also um, for Diddy, for you, is it more so the fact that you're experienced with the all of the controls already that you find it irritating? Or is it like they don't have enough or too many control uh, well, tutorials? Final Fantasy's problem is that are everything. There's too much of it. And it's a lot of really simple. Duh, we've been playing MMOs for, you know, 20 years. We already know that, right? But I would love to see a. I'm an I'm an experienced player. Yeah. Show me the really important shit. No, yeah. Give me that button. Chat, if you uh, want to chime in on anything that we talked about around the news, feel free to email us joystickmessagegmail.com. We have some full stream ahead news. That noise can only mean one thing. Diddy's coming to the table with full stream ahead. What you got? All right, this week, Indian telco giant Airtel and. Like I said before, if you know anybody that is from India, you've heard of Airtel. Airtel Wait, conducted the first time we've gone through this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, uh, Air Airtel conducted a cloud gaming test last week that may show the future of the technology. They ran a cloud gaming test over 5G, and it was beautiful. It worked perfectly. That's so exciting. And yeah. so for us. So I, I mentioned this, but this is not about us. This is not about the people with gigabit internet and, you know, the killer PC sitting over there. It's, it's not for us. Cloud gaming is for the guy sitting in the Midwest who can only get DSL or can only get, you know, 10 megabit, but there's a 5G tower sitting a mile away. He's the person who cloud gaming is going to work for because he doesn't need to have the piece of hardware sitting on his machine and he doesn't have to have the 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 big home bandwidth to do it. All he needs is a 5G connection. This technology that they used in India this weekend, I watched the video, it was perfect. 
was flawless. Beautiful graphics, really smooth. The guy was playing uh, one of their games that was in, in, and I couldn't understand any of it, but it was really pretty. It worked really well. <laughs> um, so I, I think this is the future. This is the future of of cloud gaming in the United States and it's or in North America and the rest of the world. Yeah. But it's not us. It's not. Yeah, it's for not me, for us personally. Well, it, it well, it's, it's not. It could be great for Cyrenex, be, who's it, who's well, talking about like his computer's it'll be held up with duct tape right now and and hope. Yeah, no. Oh, yeah. It, properly, Somewhere it was duct tape, line, paper clips, and hope. Yes, yeah. specifically that. in that order. <laughs> Somewhere down the line, when I don't have to buy the next console, then I'll then I'll be happy about cl cloud gaming. Yeah. But you know, as a person that likes to tinker and likes to build and always wants to, you know a badass computer sitting right. over there that that's probably not not the audience they're going after but that's not a very big audience either so yeah i mean yeah the the i think the key word for this whole test is accessibility is just being mm -hmm. able to like you said get the the guy out in the midwest who has crappy internet but has a 5g tower you know even that's... here even in a yeah. metropolitan area right it's easy to put up a cell tower easy yeah, yeah. it's hard to run fiber to everybody's house right yeah i mean I, this is almost like a no-brainer it's it's almost like you know this is this is easy street yeah should be way to do it um yeah. theoretically so, i mean it's 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 exciting it's very exciting and i want to see more of where this goes and, and i love that this is also happening in a place like india where there's a lot of like disparate kind of well, it's very heavily populated, um, first of all, yeah. which means that right. the 5G was able to support that sort of congestion, right, on the mm -hmm. on the yeah. within the the bandwidth, right. So I think that that first of all is really exciting, but it also gives that audience in a very dense population, similar to the U.S. and other places around the world, uh, the opportunity to to consume this sort of stuff at you know in the right way. So I think it's super well, cool. Well, and think about that market. That market is, what's India? 1.4 billion people or something? Yeah, it's like a fifth of the world's population. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so think about that market, which is largely untapped when it comes to gaming. I mean, man, if you're gonna yeah. if you're gonna <laughs> implement cloud gaming somewhere, you know, do it in the country that that's implementing 5G across the board because they're yeah. rolling it out. They are, they are really hot on on we want 5g everywhere in the country right yeah and the other big point about it is the the barrier to entry it's yeah. like you need a phone basically that mm -hmm. can support 5g and that's it and that is a whole lot more accessible than you know a thousand dollar computer or whatnot or even my $1, case dollar computer you know, like... and 200 bucks a month for the internet service right? yeah yeah <laughs> that's insane Absolutely yeah. insane. I want to hear from you all. You can email joystickandmouse at gmail.com talk about anything that we discuss, whether that be the news or uh, full stream ahead. But like we do, we have a video game to review. And the reviews were so mixed. They I'm were. Cyrenex brought us a game. Cyrenex, yes. what you got? Uh, I got the the game that is the second highest playtime on my Steam, Steam account by less than an hour. Number one is Civ Five. With 170 hours, which is, you know, three, four games. Uh, number two is Slay the Spire. That's the game I bring today. Uh, 
And one of the reasons why I bring this game up, especially now, even though it, it came out early access, I think 2017, officially released, re released, released, released. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, I think it was 2019. So it's not a new game, but I, the reason why I brought it up is because we're seeing a lot of games that are using the same formula that like Slay the Spire is becoming the same kind of term as like Metroidvania or Souls-like. You know, even going back this past week with the somewhat disastrous announcement of Mercenaries for Hearthstone, mm -hmm. it's referred to commonly as a Slay the Spire style game. And I think that it's really interesting. And uh, I've been playing this a lot lately because, first of all, it's just a great game. It's just fun to play. Uh, even when you lose horribly, going up the, you know, trying to, you're trying to build a better deck you're trying to get these relics and everything in order to become more powerful to kind of steamroll through the, the spire and there's three different levels and they get more and more difficult uh even if you like there are some games even this past week where i lost on like the first elite on the first step, step first level of the the spire just got garbage cards and no relics and everything just lost outright and then i had this one god run like yesterday where i was getting just ridiculous cards super powerful uh, relics and just dominated the whole thing like just in one go and uh i think i like that variability in this game normally i don't like a whole lot of variance but in this one it's okay because um even if you succeed a little bit the next run you do will be a little bit more powerful you'll get some better bonuses and just it's never the same game twice you know i can have that one god run that one the first time mm -hmm. and then find a completely different tactic uh just be able to get the different tactic the next run and you know still have the same result but it can be completely different even the design of the tower is different every time oh so even though it's it's not a new game it's still a very relevant game oh uh, it's like I said, it's kind of become that like genre defining defining game, and uh, I I would say definitely give it a try. It uh, looks really cool. I mean, for people yeah. who aren't on Twitch, like what what we're seeing is essentially like a deck building rogue like sort of deal. Yeah. Um, that's kind of like what it is, side scrolling sort of a feel. Uh, yeah. Turn You're based. ascending the tower and everything. Yeah, it's really. Uh, this looks so neat. And, and where are you playing it, by the way? I'm playing it on PC, but it's accessible almost everywhere. I do believe that there's even an Android and iOS version of this. Oh, uh, so you can play it almost anywhere. Oh, uh, I do know for a fact there's also a Switch version, so you can play it on your on your Switch Lite and so on. Very uh, neat. Yeah, but it is. It is definitely the the one gripe I would have to say is the art style is kind of simplistic. There's not a whole lot of motion. It's very subtle motion and everything. But oh, uh, the gameplay itself, it. I personally don't mind it. But I'm not much of an art guy, yeah. so you know, I I just say that because you know I listen to the morning stream and Scott Johnson talks about this every so often on or on Core or Boop or whatnot. And uh, that's the one thing he constantly says. It's like, the game is great. The art sucks. 
Yeah. <laughs> I think the art, I, I, there's something really powerful about like really simplistic art. And we talked about this when Audie was mm -hmm. on the show. I think yeah. there's, it's, it's so neat uh, when people can do a lot with so little. And I think that this is a good example of a game that is simple in its, in, in, simple in, in its execution. Yeah. And well, it can be complex in its execution mm. too, because well, yeah. just seeing like all the different choices you can make. So, so tell me yeah. this: what would you like? What would you give it out of ten? Uh, IGN gave it like a solid nine out of ten. Yeah. Uh, if I had to give it a rating out of ten, I would probably say, I'll, I'd probably say eight and a half, nine. Okay. Uh, and again, I I really like it because it's not. If you're looking for something, kind of a little bit more relaxed. It definitely there's no time constraints so just like you can take however long you want to map out your your turn you can get you're allowed to get these ridiculous combinations for cards and relics and stuff like that because it's not competitive so if like i get ladder, ladder anxiety in a lot of games it's one of the reasons why i don't play a lot of ladder games i like cooperative or single player experiences sure and this is you know again kind of come up on my radar and I've been playing it quite a bit lately uh, because it's relaxing. Yeah. Even if I, like I said, even if I lose, you know, just seeing how far I can get with a deck that maybe isn't the most optimal or what, not necessarily the style I usually play or whatnot. I think it's, it also kind of scratches the itch of problem solving. Yeah. Because you're given just random stuff and you have to try to make it work. Yep. So, yeah. No, yeah. very cool. So again, the game is Slay the Spire and playing it on Steam, but it's available on other platforms as well. So yes. thanks for bringing that that game. And uh, gentlemen, that'll be it for the show. Why don't we clap it out? Yay! Everybody, let's give uh, Sirenex a special round of applause for a job well done. Mm, Welcome, thank uh, or thank you for being on the show. Welcome to your first time here, which I'm sure you'll you'll be on again. We can bring you on and uh, solid. Uh, solid guest here and he's also a content creator so Siri next why don't you tell yep. folks at home where they can reach you and check out the stuff that you're doing all right well you can reach me on twitter at sirenex s-e-a-r-a-n-e-x uh, and if you actually can that actually is a reference to a, a, a warcraft character if you're able to get that i'll you'll have my admiration i can't really give you anything else other than that it's but, a, uh, oh i'm not going to say because i think i know what it is <laughs> It's it's a pretty obscure reference, but it's it's definitely a Warcraft reference. But um, yeah, at Serenex on Twitter, uh, you can also find me there uh, on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Serenex. I try to stream, normally I would be actually streaming right now. Uh, I try to stream Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, uh, starting at about quarter after 9, 9.30 or so. And uh, I think on Wednesday I'm going to be starting the Halo 2 campaign. Nice. So I've been, I recently got the Master Chief Collection, and I've already gone through Halo Reach and Halo Combat Evolved, and I'm just going through the Halo games chronologically for the story mode. Uh, mostly for nostalgia, because it's been a long time since I've gone through them. Uh, other than that, I mean, that's all the recent stuff. I did have a podcast at one point, uh, but it hasn't been updated in, I think, about three years. Uh, but I would definitely like to get back into podcasting. Well, it's fun. Something yeah. I enjoy doing. Well, see, you've, 
you got back into podcasting. Yeah, look at you. So you're yeah. doing all right well, now. Yeah, look at you. Yeah, and if you ever if you ever want to have a, a fourth host, I will be glad to be probably 26th or 27th on your list of people you call. <laughs> well, yeah, we're uh, always bringing sorry. folks on on a, on a fourth <laughs> chair. It's on. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. No, we'll, we'll absolutely. No, you did great, and uh, thank you. I'm sure, you'll be seeing more of Sirenex here as we play games and stuff. Sirenex always pops on and joins us. So I'll try to whenever I can. Job well done. Well, um, if you'd like to reach us again, I mentioned it throughout the show. Joystickamouse at gmail.com. You can head over to joystickamouse.com to uh, to get all of our contact information and everything there. Subscribe. Head over to shop.joystickamouse.com to get that T-shirt that Diddy wears. Uh, when when we stream this thing we have uh some swag and it's fun uh go order some shirts and help support the show and another great way to support the show become a patron uh patreon.com slash joystick and mouse uh let me think let me think the show is brought to you by you we appreciate you so uh from the rest of us here thank you for showing up today and being a part of the live chat twitch.tv slash alex where we stream uh for now that might change by the way we'll just stay tuned that you know nice little dropping a uh, scott johnson all right uh everybody at home we're gonna we're gonna go around the room and say goodbye first starting out with diddy see you later folks see you next good luck have fun don't die from me be good to yourself be good to others so long if you like this show Check out more great content at IncastMediaNetwork.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>